0: Welcome to The Drabblecast, episode 237. The Drabblecast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Alright, so the 2011 People's Choice Awards have wrapped up, and we have some winners. This is the fifth year we've done the Drabblecast People's Choice Awards, and I love them. Gets folks exploring and listening to the episode archives, reevaluating stories, and standing up for the stories and authors that made an exceptional impact. Let the audience decide, that's what we say. So the past several weeks, we've run nominations and polls from our discussion forums, and on Facebook, to let you listeners decide the best episode art, best 100-word Drabble, and best story of 2011. And it was pretty close, especially in the art and Drabble categories. But victors have emerged. In the category of Best Episode Art for 2011, the winner is... (coughs) Gerald Dye for his artwork done in Sumi-E Inc. for episode 208, Hokkaido Green by Aidan Doyle. (laughs) Winner of Best 100-Word Drabble Story for 2011 is... Nicholas J. Carter for episode 229's Lab Rats, and winner of Best Story on the Drabblecast for 2011. For a while there, it was neck and neck close between the stories Creature by Ramsey Shahada and The Wish of the Demon Magic" by Eugene Foster, but in the end, you can't wrestle your demons forever, so you might as well snuggle them. The winner of the 2011 Drabblecast Sacred Chalice of Glory for Best Overall Story is Yuji Foster for Episode 214's The Wish of the Demon Actor Magic. Here, at last, was the means by which Actromagic could quit this barren landscape, this perpetual existence of inconsequence. It was free to enter a virgin universe upon which feats of flesh and debauchery could be performed. It would bask in fire and no heat, touch flesh and no pain, and bathe in blood and no lust. Yes. Actromagic, transformed and transfigured through the portal and no longer actro magic, blinked open one visual organ, then another. When its light receptors did not protest, it deemed it safe to uncase the rest of them. To its astonishment, there was no rest. It was in possession of two and only two visual organs, as well as two upper appendages, arms, each truncating in a round pad, paws, they were called paws, and two lower appendages, Legs with elliptical pads at their ends. Feet. And it was reasonably certain that it had a single round and fuzzy protuberance on its posterior. A tail. It jabbed a paw into the pudgy softness of its abdomen. Too soft. Too round. Too luxurious. It was a thing of decadence and comfort. Before it could contemplate this new puzzle, Actromagic was swept up. A strange creature was crushing it, clasping it close, and anointing it with droplets of saline. It was such a novel experience that extra magic did nothing. It held itself immobile, allowing itself to be compressed and dampened. Oh, bear, the creature said, a muffle of sound in its ear. Please cease crying. I am getting wet. The girl stared. I'm sorry? I didn't know you talked. Congrats, Yuji. May your central orifice, mouth, enjoy many a long swig from the sacred chalice's magnificent, oddly-smudged rim. Thanks to all you runners-up, all of the nominated feature stories, drabbles, and art covers were really killer this year. No easy decisions. And thanks to all of you who nominated and voted. What a big, awesome community of talented, enthusiastic weirdos you all are out there. I flop my four front appendages, hands, together with the intent of producing sounds regarded as tribute and accolades. Well done. All right, so week three of Women and Aliens Month here on the Drabblecast, a full month of stories about aliens written by women. This week we bring you Test Drive by Nina Kariki Hoffman. Over the past 29 years, Nina's sold adult and young adult novels and more than 250 short stories. Her works have been finalists in the World Fantasy, Sturgeon, Philip K. Dick, and Endeavor Awards. Her first novel, The Thread That Binds the Bones, won a Stoker Award, and her short story, Trophy Wives, won a Nebula in 2009. The story is read to you by Tina Connolly. Tina lives, does theater, and paints faces in Portland, Oregon. She's been publishing stories and poems for a while now, and her dark fantasy novel, Iron Skin, is forthcoming from Tour in fall 2012, with a sequel in 2013. Tina's just started a fiction podcast project called Toasted Cake, which features one crispy, gooey piece of flash fiction, hand-picked and read by Tina each week. Find it at toastedcake.com. Alrighty, so without further ado, we bring you Test Drive by Nina Kariki Hoffman.
1: It was my turn to wear the mask, but my egg sister, Linny, wouldn't give it up. She'd been wearing the mask all morning, set on Smile, and it was a test day, too. Everyone thought she was so pleased and relaxed and earthy wretched tests, but the mask would have helped. I flunked my calm test that morning, scored medium low on earth facial expressions, and got a 50 in grooming, because I didn't know how to put on makeup. The mask has its own. I mean, maybe I depend on that too much? Even though I only get to wear the mask half the time I'm awake. Lenny didn't even need the mask. Imitating this planet's sentient life forms comes naturally to her. Some days I just want to kill her. But that's not an option, at least not while we're training under the eyes of everybody still inside the ship. So I went to Dad, too, instead, and complained. You always do this, Mirana. Play the poor little me card. I'm tired of taking care of you. Deal with it yourself. I never wanted to be human anyway, I said, and rushed away before he could tell me he didn't like my attitude. I've had a bad attitude since we arrived on Earth. "'Nobody complained about my attitude on Ceylon. "'Then I was the expert, and Linny was the stupid one "'because she wasn't used to having six arms "'and didn't know what to do with two of them. "'In the afternoon we were going out for our first field test. "'Skitty was taking us to a mall "'where Linny and I were supposed to wander around "'like North American teenagers "'and see if we made contact with local life forms. "'I want that mask,' I said to Linny over lunch. Skitty sat on a pod to the side, her tap pad at the ready, watching our every move. I hate test days. "'You can't have it,' Lenny said. "'Last time you wore it, you broke the mouth, and it was stuck on frown for two days. You've lost your mask privileges.' "'If I had had three more arms, I would have strangled her.' I finished eating my fimsaw, and Lenny said— "'You're going to have to change those teeth, or you'll flunk before we're even out the door,' I growled at her. "'Ooh, that's a ten-point deduction,' she said. "'Humans don't have that kind of vocal range.' I ran away before Skitty could mark me down any farther. I spent the rest of our lunch period in our cabin, going over the human specs again and remolding myself to conform. If Linny got a mission before I did on this planet, she would smug me to death.' I had to pass." I met Skitty and Linny at the outer lock at the appointed time. "'You look nice,' Skiddy said. "'I like what you've done with your hair.' Linny had exactly the same hairstyle I did—long, yellow, and straight around her shoulders, held back with a blue band. I guess we'd both copied from the same model. We climbed into the disguised scoot and drove to the mall. The mall was a big, low building, like a crouching city-ship. "'We went in an airlock and stepped into strange sensations. "'Sound that was sort of like music, "'and lots of people talking in the limited bandwidth humans use. "'The smells were various and strange. "'Skiddy herded us down the hall toward the conglomerated food outlets. "'Our first test was eating in public. "'Lenny ordered a happy meal. "'This concept always made me wince. "'How can a meal be happy when it is about to be consumed?' I'd studied lots of menus and even tried some of the foods, so I ordered a vanilla milkshake. It was the only thing I was sure I could keep in my primary stomach. "'That's not eating,' Linny said through her perpetual smile. I stuck a straw in my thick shake and walked away, smiling myself. Skiddy paid for our food and herded us toward a table. Linny had to manage the mouth controls and the mask to eat, whereas I could just suck on my straw and ingest, even while smiling.' Skitty hadn't gotten any food. She tapped on her pad. "'Twins!' said a passing human. I judged him an adolescent, even though he was as large as an adult. His dark hair stuck up in spikes, and he was wearing a black T-shirt with holes torn in it, and black pants with lots of chains on them. "'Hey, twins! How you doin'? "'Wanna sit?' I said, scoring points by conversing with a native. I gestured to the fourth chair at our table. "'Awesome,' he said, and sat. "'Hey, my name's Palmer. What's yours?' I couldn't remember my earth name. "'Marana. Nice to eat you, Palmer.' "'Eat me?' he said, and laughed. "'Ha-ha, <laughs> ha Good one, more. "'I'm Linny,' said Linny, "'abandoning her struggle with the hamburger. "'Nice to meet you, Palmer.' Her voice sounded better than mine, of course, and of course she said the right thing. "'Hi, Linny, said Palmer. "'Would you like the rest of my shake?' I asked him. "'Really? Really? What flavor?' "'Vanilla,' I said. "'My fave,' he said, and grabbed it, sucked through the straw with a big slurping sound. I couldn't stop smiling. I'd gotten rid of the food and made touch-and-exchange-germs contact with a human. Lenny tried to change her expression, but the mask wasn't fast enough. Skiddy smiled at me, and I was used enough to the expression now to realize I was doing really well.
0: And that was our story. Hope you enjoyed. Want to keep the women and aliens going this week? Subscribe to our Parallel Fiction Podcast. Yes, the Drabblecast has another story podcast, Drabblecast B-Sides. This week we have a great story about aliens and galactic casinos by none other than Drabblecast managing editor Nikki Drayden. Go check it out. You can subscribe to Drabblecast B-Sides by hitting up our webpage, Drabblecast.org, where you'll see signs to our B-Side podcast at the top. Wow, all this free fiction produced wonderfully for my very own ears. How does Drabblecast do it? I ask, impersonating you. Your donations make this happen, folks. Sign up for an automatic five or ten bucks a month subscription to the Drabblecast and help fuel your favorite podcast. You probably won't even notice the five or ten bucks a month missing, but let me tell you, people, you folks that subscribe put much-needed wind in our sails. We greatly appreciate it. Alright, on to this week's 100-character story winner, Ursus Arctos, with this one here. Why am I here? Because she gave me her heart, and no one believes that when they found us, I was just trying to give it back. Nice. One hundred character stories, not counting spaces. We call them Twabbles, and we pick a winner each week from the twabble section in our forums. Try writing one yourself, or follow us on Twitter, at thedrabblecast, to get the winners early each week, and see pictures of fish I catch and brag about whilst fly-fishing the streams of Maryland. And other stuff, too. We, we do tweet out other stuff. So that's our show, folks. Remember, Travelcast is produced with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means don't change or sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. Write us a review on iTunes or wherever you pick up our show. Blog about us. Tell a friend. Spread the weird. Special thanks to our kick-ass episode artist this week, Mary Matice. You'll find a link to her and her work in our show notes. So, our program is brought to you by myself, Nikki Drayden, managing editor, our submissions editor, Nathan Lee, editor-at-large, Matthew Bay, our art director, Bo Kire, and with additional help from Tom Baker, David Carvin, David Steffen, Jake Webb, and Jonathan McNeil. We'll see you next week, weirdos. Until then, this is Norm Sherman, reminding you, you're gonna have to change those teeth.